Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Florida Fun Podcast, your destination for Florida fun. Today is Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. This is episode 13, Lucky 13, and we're going to be talking about something that's lucky for me and for a lot of other folks, I guess, is the city of Jacksonville. We're going to include things about the city of Jacksonville to see and do, maybe things that are involved in your vacation or your your trip here, and uh, lots of things to see and do. Um, I am joined by my lovely wife, and we are going to discuss some things. Hey, Bonnie, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. So we're going to have her on mic for the very, very first time, so I want you guys to be very nice to her. And uh, so the article that I found today is from visitjacksonville.com. It's a tourism website, the hospitality website, and that's going to have lots of information on visiting Jacksonville. And the article that I found is the top 22 attractions in Jacksonville. Now, there's lots of reasons to visit Jacksonville anyway, right? World-class fishing, over 22 miles of beaches. Uh, we have a, a huge park system, uh, historic neighborhoods, museums, coastal cuisine, local craft beers. There's over 20 different craft breweries. Lots of things to include there, right? Sports, education, music, arts, touring bands, you name it, it's all there. But one of the things that I want to include is reasons that for you to specifically come here. Now, I haven't done all of that, right? I've been in Jacksonville for a very, very long time. But I want to talk about things that maybe we have done as a family or that I have done or that, you know, my wife has done with my kids. So I want to include those things. So um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about things on the list. And like I said, if you want to check out the list, it is on visitjacksonville.com. And a lot of the information today was gathered from that. And this article is the top 22 attractions in Jacksonville. So number one on my list is the Jacksonville Zoo and Gardens. And I think we would probably both agree that's a pretty fantastic place to take the kids, right? I do like the zoo, you know, um, more so in the cooler months because it is uh, pretty hot there during the summer. Um, the kids like it. There's a really nice splash park that they can go in when it's hot outside, which is a really nice feature. And they have special events for Halloween and for Christmas, and those are pretty nice. We even did an Easter Bunny breakfast one year that the kids absolutely loved. So we have definitely been there a lot. The kids like to go there a lot, and uh, it's definitely definitely very high on our list for fun places to go in in Jacksonville. And we're annual pass holders too, mm-hmm. right? And that makes things easy because you don't have to stand in that long line to buy tickets every time you go back. And that long line can be... You know, you're talking about a zoo. You're not talking about, you know, the Magic Kingdom with thousands of people trying to get in. But that line can be long. I mean, don't don't fool yourself. If you show up in the middle of the afternoon on a on a very popular day in, you know, over the summertime, there's going to be a lot of people that want to get in. Um, it uh, the, the, the stats look like this. Over 2,400 rare and exotic animals, over 1,000 varieties of plants. Um, and there's a lot to see and do there. Would you would you agree? I would definitely agree. I like the tiger exhibit. I think that when they built that, really did a fantastic job. The kids love going in there, and I love going in there. I like tigers too, and um, seeing the tigers walk over top your head on the elevated walkways, and they're maybe swimming in the pools that they have since they are one of the big cats that do swim. We like to ride the little train that they have uh, back and forth. Um, it's just, it's a really fun, you can really spend a whole day there, which I definitely would say some of the attractions here, you probably would not get a full day out of the attraction, but the zoo, you definitely can. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the African Overlook is one of my favorite areas where you can see the elephants. I think that's a very, very popular area. The rhinos, uh, cheetah, um, and there's areas like Wild Florida, the Australian Adventure, uh, like you said, Range of the Ti- uh, Range of the Jaguar, Land of the Tiger, um, very cool. The Zoo Train I think is very very popular. 
Um, and you know, not that you're biased or anything. Not that I'm biased in any way. Uh, I used to drive the zoo train here at the Jacksonville Zoo, and that was something that you know, until you actually drive, you don't realize how much fun it is and being on that train and learning that script, right? Knowing their script, knowing what you're saying. Um, but it's a very, very cool place. So definitely somewhere that you want to check out. Um, number one, would you have a different number one on your list? I would say it depends if, you know, it's the cooler months and we want to do something outside. I would definitely say probably the zoo would be one of my top choices. In the summer, we tend to go to Mosh more just because it's indoors, it's air-conditioned, and it's just not so hot. Um, and I really, I feel like Mosh and the zoo are probably number one, number two of, like, the Jacksonville-exclusive attractions, something yeah. you're not going to find anywhere else. They're really great for kids. A lot of the stuff in Mosh, actually, I find really interesting. I can walk around and read the plaques. And I learned something, so I definitely feel like it's not just for kids. I find it very interesting and educational as well. Like, they have the science show, which is really fun, and the kids love it because at the end they have, like, a big – make a big boom that, you know, with fire, so the kids love that. I think it's cute. Um, they have the little room where they have all of the animals – yeah. Where you can see them, and then they have like a screech owl back there, and I'm fond of owls, so I love to go see the screech owl and the barn owl. And of course, the rotating exhibits makes it nice because every three to six months it's fresh again, and bulk of what you're seeing is brand new versus a lot of other places you're going to go. It's the same thing year after year. Not that that's bad, but at the same time, it really feel like you get a lot more value from going there because you're going to see something new, especially once again, we're annual pass holders. If you're going and every three months or every time there's a new exhibit, you're really seeing a new, entirely new attraction almost because so much of it is the traveling exhibit. So it's really nice that three, four times a year you're getting a totally new piece to it. Absolutely. And and having that variety, knowing that there's going to be something new when you go back and not saying, well, we've already seen this. Mm -hmm. Why should we go back? We already know what's there. Right. Things like the dragon exhibit that we just saw. Um, was very cool. And the way that it was done, um, it was set up with different dragons around the world, and there was a kind of a, um, a quest that the kids had to go on to find different um, different runes, different symbols that they've used, and um, different things that they've done to be able to find you know, the final answer from the, the alchemist. And, and it was set up really well to where it wasn't just boring information. It wasn't just this dragon was at you know, this mythology, and it was a way that the kids could really enjoy it. And I think they've done that in the past, um, my favorite so far has been the National Geographic, uh, yeah. where that went through, and I thought that was really well done. I think what they really do with those exhibits is it's very interactive, and I think that's what really sells it to the kids. Because as an adult, I can go and I can look at pictures or look at models and read the plaques, and that's enough for me. But with kids, that bores them so quickly. So they really make the exhibit so interactive. The astronaut one, they could get in, and it was like a simulated mm -hmm. shuttle ride. The National Geographic was so cool. They had the one with toys that the kids absolutely loved. They've had a dinosaur one. All of them had a really interactive kind of piece with it. Like with the dinosaur one, there was a little place they can dig out or they can do like topography and that kind of thing, like how archaeologists would do. And I think that really makes it so much better, so much more hands-on. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. Absolutely. And, and if you have kids, guys, out there, and if you're thinking about going to the Museum of Science and History here in Jacksonville, Florida, don't hesitate. Don't think twice about it. Just go. Um, it doesn't matter, like we said, if it was the National Geographic touring exhibit, if it was astronauts, if it was dinosaurs, if it was toys, if it was whatever it is, 
Um, very kid-friendly, very family-friendly, definitely something that you want to check out. It's not very much to get into the museum. And like we said, you know, we have annual passes. Those annual passes were not, you know, break-the-bank expensive. They're not Disney annual passes. Um, love you, Disney, but prices are a little, a little much at the moment. Um, but, you know, it's definitely something that you can go back, like we said, on a hot day, on a rainy day. If your kids are off on a holiday and they're bored, what do we do, Mom? What do we do? Take them to the museum. Right? That's at least a several-hour trip. Yeah, I would definitely say probably if you've been there before and your kids have seen all of the standing exhibits that don't change and they're going to run through those and go up to the the new whatever it is, it's probably a couple hours. If you're truly going to do the whole museum, it's probably closer to maybe three to four. Nice thing about annual passes, I don't know if they're still requiring reservations to get in, but with annual passes, you don't need that. You can show up and you get in. You don't need to reserve your time slot. And you get a planetarium show, which the kids really – really really seem to like a lot too like they were super excited to go to the planetarium show one of them actually is based they've got sesame street characters in it so it's totally appropriate for little little kids and they really like that piece of it and it's included one planetarium show is included with the annual pass every time you go so you don't have to pay extra for that so they really do they really are a good value i feel like that and the zoo the annual passes really are an excellent value and if you go regularly you're going to get your money's worth and then some Absolutely. Now, the, the Museum of Science and History is number five on my list, but uh, now that we're talking about it, um, the planetarium is called the Brian Gooding Planetarium. And back in the 80s, when I was a roaring, rip-roaring teen, um, we would go to what's called the Cosmic Concerts, and those were very, very neat. They would have rock music playing. They would do the lasers on the ceiling of the planetarium. Um, I think they are doing that or thinking about doing something like that sometime soon. They definitely are doing those again because the last time that we were at Mosh, which was not too terribly long ago, they did have some advertising for that. And actually, it's a live band that they bring in. It's a band that exclusively is from here in Jacksonville, my understanding. And this is what they do. They play the planetarium and that kind of stuff. So it is, once again, something very hometown. You're getting things that are very exclusive to just Jacksonville. So when you go, I'm sure they probably have somewhere it's music from famous bands, but they do have somewhere it's actually a live band in the room with you, which I think is kind of extra special. See, that's very cool, too. I didn't I didn't know about the live band. That's a very cool thing. So definitely, guys, if you're coming to Jacksonville, you want to check out something with family-friendly or maybe spend an afternoon, maybe it's a hot day, rainy day, um, definitely check out the Museum of Science and History. Um, number two on my list is the Cummer Museum of Art and Gardens. This is on the Riverside area. It's along the St. John's River. A really beautiful place. I've been there three, four times myself. Um, definitely an art gallery. There's lots of beautiful pieces, sculptures and drawings and paintings. Um, kind of the selling point is that it has beautiful sculptured gardens out back, and they run right along the St. John's River. You can see the skyline from downtown. Um, it's open air, so if it's a nice cool day, you get the breeze coming through, kind of a, a sculptured uh, maze where you can go through. There's lots of places where you can just sit and enjoy being outside. Um, the thing I didn't know about, it was originally the home of art collector Nina May Holden Cummer. So this was her home. This was where she lived. And I guess after she died, uh, they passed the property on, and now it is the Cummer Museum of Art. And it's definitely perfect for all ages. And so that would be definitely somewhere to go um, for you guys. Now, number three on the list is the Caddyshack Ranch. And this is one that we kind of don't necessarily 100% agree on, right? I think it's a cool place. And what do, you, what do you think? I think it's great what they do. I want to put that out there. Sure. I think them rescuing big cats that have maybe been taken in as people's pets or whatever, I think that they do fantastic work. And you should go to support that. But if you are looking for a place where you want to see animals, I would say that I prefer the zoo. 
you know, we, we've gone, been out there and it's a nice place, but I, it's more of a rescue. And I think if you're thinking of it like it's like a big cat zoo, it's really, yes, you will see big cats. But it, to me, it just doesn't have the feel the way the zoo is, you know, where you're going around and, and you're educating. Now, I have wanted to go to a night feeding out there, and I do think that would be super cool to be able to see. Yeah. But I will have to say that it probably would not have made my top ten list. Well, I mean, I can definitely agree with that. And if you're going to compare the Caddyshack Ranch to the Jacksonville Zoo, that's like, you know, apples and oranges. So they're not even close. And that is true. And I want to I want to say they are a rescue, and that's fantastic, and I totally support what they're doing. And I would absolutely be a person that would go there simply to contribute to those rescue efforts. But it's not something, you know, even the kids didn't even seem to totally love it. Yeah. And it definitely would not be. And they do, they actually do have lots of fun special events, though, and I would definitely be drawn to doing those. I think they do a haunted hayride at Halloween. They do night feeding. So they do... You have some really cool stuff that I have never been to, so I can't speak to them. I would definitely be interested in going to that kind of stuff. Haven't had a chance yet, um, but I think that that would be more the type of thing I would do versus a day visit. And the Easter egg hunt was very cool. The Easter egg hunt was fun. Yeah, and they had done big open fields. They separated the kids out by age. Um, this is all run by volunteer guides. I don't know if you realize that or not, but a lot of the aquariums you that. go to, a lot of the animal care areas you go to, the volunteers give site tours, provide the animal histories, detail operations um, uh, goals and explanations of how they run things. When we were there, you would see, a, a, not, I wouldn't say a lot of people that were there um, as far as the staff goes, but the good majority of people that work out there are volunteers, and this is how they keep a lot of the costs down so they can focus more on taking care of the animals instead of paying a lot of the people that work there. So definitely something that you'd want to check out, and I totally agree. The mission to provide homes and, and a safe place for these big cats that have been you know, inhumanely treated, whether they were someone's pet or they were not cared for properly, not fed properly, whatever it is, um, absolutely 100%. I'm totally on board with that mission. I think it's a fantastic thing. Um, number four on my list is the St. John's Town Center. So if you're going to go shopping, um, the old brick-and-mortar malls are dying quickly if they're not already dead. Um, we have the Avenues, which is a cool place, but you know, the last time I went out there, it's kind of a sad shell of what it used to be. I remember going there back in the 80s and the 90s, and it was the place to be. You know, There was um, a movie theater. There was um, anchor stores. There was live music. There was you know, The food court was bustling. You could see your friends there. Right now, it's it's kind of a shell of what it used to be. Um, Regency Square, for those of you who are locals, the Regency Square Mall over in the Arlington area. Um, I remember going there with my cousin Brett and my brother when we were growing up, and, and that was just a happen and hopping kind of place, and, and it's basically dead now. The open-air malls have kind of taken their place. This is 1.2 million square feet of open-air shopping, has over 175 retailers and over 20 restaurants, and according to the website, is everything from Target to Tiffany and & Company and three hotels that are located inside that area. So lots of things to see and do. And, and we've been out there several times, and we've eaten, and we've gone shopping, and there's Christmas things to do. And what do you, what do you think? I do like the town center. Um, I definitely would say that, unfortunately, my number one complaint is that there typically is a ton of traffic out there. Um, it's a For very sure. popular place. Um, but there's some cool places out there that are not really anywhere else. Obviously, Ikea, which is fun. You can go get some Swedish For meatballs sure. and uh, lingonberry jam. Um, there is a second in Charles, which I'm really fond of. I'm a book person. They sell both new and used books, as well as toys for the kids, of course, because we can't go to a store without buying toys. And there's a Chewies out there, which is fun. You have to go and ask them about the zebras that are hidden everywhere in Chewies, um, and they will know what you're talking about if you ask them. Um, so there's a lot of fun places out there. 
I definitely find it a little overwhelming, especially near the holidays. I do not like to drive. I'm not a traffic person. Um, so trying to drive out there, uh, especially like October to January 1st is kind of stressful, but it is, you're going to find anything you could possibly want to buy out there. Like it's like the Amazon of malls. If you want to buy it, they sell it there. It's Amazon. It's an outdoor Amazon. Yes, exactly. So it's a fantastic place to go. Like I, I would totally agree with everything she said. Uh, traffic is definitely a concern. Guys, don't go at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Don't try to beat the rush hour during lunch to get in and get out. You're not going to make it. Um, it is a huge mall. You can access it from a couple different ways. Um, if you're looking kind of where it's located, it's next to the UNF area, the University of North Florida area. So if you find the UNF campus, the St. John's Town Center is right around the corner from that. Um, but it, like you said, you can get your glasses there. You can buy your Halloween costume. You can buy baby things. You can go to eat. You can buy a computer. You can go to Best Buy and get some headphones. You can buy sporting equipment. There's a golf shop. I mean, you name it. There's everything out there. Um, so I would definitely, definitely agree. Um, number five on my list is the Museum of Science and History. We already talked about that and um, how fantastic that is. Um, number six, I'm going to hit a couple different things. Because we were going to talk about something, and then we kind of changed our minds into something else. Um, number six is going to kind of be the catch-all. So um, number six, we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Libraries and the San Marco area. And there's a library in the San Marco area as well. So we take our kids all the time. Our kids love the libraries. And the Jacksonville Libraries are very kid-friendly. And um, especially some of them even have a kid's library where they can go. Um, we love the library. It's a fantastic place to take your kids. Yeah, I would say if you're not going to the library on a pretty regular basis, you're totally missing out because they typically they have at least a children's section, a large children's section, versus sometimes it's even a full separate room. We've been to some where it's like a library unto itself, just the children's section. Some of them have teen sections. You know, Obviously, you can get DVDs, you can get books, you can get um, music, you can use computers. I, I am super in love with the library i would live in the library if they would put a cot in there for me i absolutely love it the librarians are fantastic they are super interactive with the kids they always have some sort of fun little activity set up for them last time it was something with there were five dragons hidden in the library and they had to go find the book where the dragon was hidden it's adorable they are so good and the thing that i have recently discovered that i'm absolutely in love with is that if you have a book that you want you saw it on oprah you saw it on tv you saw it wherever your friend read it and you want a book and you don't want to have to buy it you just want to read it one time you can go online on the jacksonville public library website and you can put a hold on that book and they will send that book to the whatever library branch you want and they will send you an email when it's ready and you walk in the door and you pick up your book so you don't even have to go in for more than three minutes if you don't want to. I like to go and browse, but if you just have something specific that you want or your kid needs for school or whatever, no need to purchase it. Just request it from the library. It'll be there waiting for you. They'll pull a copy for you and stick it on the hold shelf. I just think that's a fantastic service. I've utilized it many, many times. Sometimes you have to wait because somebody else has it checked out, but if they have it in a library catalog, they will get it for you. That's and awesome. I've just really, I'm always really happy with it. Every time we go, they've never had a bad experience at the library. And like you said, the staff is always, you know, very kid friendly, and they're willing to help kids out. They're willing to keep, teach kids, 
you know, whatever the book of the day is, or to read, uh, we've been there before when they read stories to the kids and they've done right. that kind of thing. Right now they don't do a lot of story times. I think they're doing outdoor pop-up story times because of COVID. They used to do early release days where they would play games with the kids and have an activity. And they, right now, I think they're giving them like little art kits they can take home. Obviously things have changed a bit with COVID, but they're still really trying to make the library a super fun, exciting experience for the kids. They have a summer reading program where if the kids read a certain amount, they can come in and pick out a prize once a week. Um, they can get a, a book at the end. It's just, I think it's really just a fantastic thing to have for our community. Um, it's, I've seen every walk of life in there. I think it's kind of the great melting pot is the library. Yeah. I love the library. Well, we're all allowed in the library, exactly. right? We're all welcome in the library. Do you remember being a kid? Reading books and getting a free pizza. Mm-hmm. Book it. I miss book it. That was a fun thing. Getting uh. a getting a free pizza with pizza was kind of the the goal when you had to like hu- you know hustle down this book as quickly as possible and get to your goal. And then they gave you a certificate for a free personal pan pizza, and it was about you know the size of your hand as an adult. But it was the coolest thing because that was your free pizza and you got it for reading books, and it was the library that sponsored all that. So I remember that being a kid. Yeah, Book It was fun. That was like our big special thing that we could go do. You were highly motivated to read books for that. Now, we have gone into the library and for some of the summer reading program uh, prizes, we've gotten coupons to different restaurants. We've gotten free games of mini golf. So the local businesses are really fantastic about supporting the uh, library and giving them prizes for kids for encouraging them to read, You know, which is fantastic. Which is an amazing thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, The next thing I want to talk about is San Marco. Uh, San Marco is an area kind of down, shallow downtown area closer towards um, between the the library and downtown. And there's lots of things to see and do down there. There's lots of there's the library. There's lots of restaurants, shops. There's a whole outdoor area. There's a little park down there. There's live music at times. There's. Uh, lots of great things to see and do, and, and there's even parks down there the kids can go play in. Mm-hmm. There's a playground right at, it's very nice because it's right next to the library. So you can go to the library and you can go to the playground like in the same visit, which is really, really nice. And it's right on the river. San Marco is right on the river as well. And the river is kind of, if you know where you're going in the city of Jacksonville, the river is usually part of the landmark. Go, go to the river and make a left, or it's right next to the river, or it's down from where the river is. Um, the, the next thing I want to talk about, this is kind of the catch-all, is number six, is the Jacksonville Arboretum and Gardens. Now, we've been there before with class things for our kids' school, and we've been there and checked it out. And I, I really like the place. I think it's beautiful. It's all outdoors. There's kind of an educational house, but that's not really what it's about there. Yeah, I enjoyed going out there, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to give a shout-out to an app. Um, it's called Seek, if you don't have it and you're a nature person, it is so much fun. The kids love it. There's little challenges, and all you're going to do is you go out, and you can identify different plants and animals, and you're going to learn the real names for all the plants you've been calling the wrong thing all your life, (laughs) and um, you collect different animals, and you can get the little badge in there, and it's really fun. We have a good time with it, and the Arboretum is a fantastic place to do that because you never know what you're going to see out there. And they really do a really nice job. It has really nice places you can walk around and trails. So it's really nice. Um, if you just want to go out, be in nature, somewhere quiet, you can bring your dog. I've definitely seen people with dogs out there. Yep. And just have a nice, quiet walk in nature. It's fantastic for that. Yep, absolutely. So it's definitely a place to go and very kid-friendly, very family-friendly. I would definitely say so, yeah. Definitely somewhere that if the kids want to go out and get some exercise, they're cooped up in the house. Mm-hmm. We're bored. What can we do? There's another place, right? You got the you got mosh, you got 
um, the Arboretum and Gardens. You're going to see that theme a lot throughout this list, like things that you can do with your kids, the I'm bored days. Don't let that I'm bored day happen. So, guys, we're going to take a break here real quick. Um, something that I've left off the last couple of episodes is trivia time. And trivia time is huge, and we want to be able to involve trivia. Um, and normally I would have someone read the trivia time for me, and I just happen to have somebody here with me. So my wife is going to read our trivia time question. Okay. Uh, when the town of Jacksonville was founded on June fifteenth, 1822, there were about how many people living in the city limits? A, 15... B, 50, C, 500, or D, 5,000. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with the answer. All right, guys, let that sink in your brain for a second. Yeah, we're talking 1822. That was a long time ago. All right, number seven on my list is TIAA Bank Field and Daly's Place. Now, this is something more for the sporting concert kind of thing. Um, Kid-friendly, yeah, you can take your kids to a Jaguar game. You can take them to some of the events down here. Um, TIA Bankfield is home of the Florida-Georgia game, home of Jag the Jacksonville Jaguars football team from the NFL, uh, Monster Truck. There's been concerts out there. The Rolling Stones have been there. Green Day's been out there. The annual Gator Bowl game is played there. Um, it's kind of a unique place. There are sparkling swimming pools in a football stadium. Um, there are cabanas. Um, there's a local place that does pet care. Uh, you can bring your dog to the game. You have to make a reservation in advance. You can't just drop in. You can take your dog to the game. They can hang on to your dog while you're watching the game and then pick your dog up on the way out. Um, it's bicycle friendly, so if you want to ride your bicycle down there, there are parking bike racks down there. Um, they have the world's largest video boards, which these things are huge, guys. I'm not saying you can see them from space, but if you drive by, you can see the score of the game and watch a couple seconds of the game from outside the stadium. They are massive and huge. Um, there's also meeting spaces inside there, so if you want to have a corporate meeting, you want to be somewhere in downtown, let's say you're doing something in downtown and you want to have a meeting, um, you can have your meeting there inside TIA Bank Field. Uh, local food spots, there are murals all over downtown by local artists, um, and kind of neat uh, thing to see. There's paw prints going down uh, Bay Street towards the stadium, which is a kind of neat thing. Um, I did find out uh, on Saturdays they do guided tours of the stadium. So if you want to go and get a guided tour of the stadium, uh, you can do so. So you can learn about the history of the stadium and how it was built and all that as well. Uh, Daly's Place is a cool thing. Now, we've been to Daly's Place, you and I. Mm -hmm. And we saw a concert down there with our daughter, Amelia. Mm -hmm. And she's been on other episodes before. Um, it is a concert area. Top name artists are there. Um, it is accessible during the games for the Jaguar games and uh, Florida-Georgia games for uh, accessible seating. They also use it because it is covered as kind of a shelter area in case it gets so hot. Um, you're outside, guys. When you go to TIA Bankfield, you're outside, and the, the sun can really beat you up a little bit. So they have a video board in there. They'll put a video board in, in Daly's Place, and you can show, concerts, uh, show the, the game as well. The place, in case you have little ones, you want to get out of the heat for a while, not a bad place to go. Um, but we went down there, and we saw the Summer of Rock concert, yep. which was um, Styx, Ario uh, Speedwagon, and Don Felder from the Eagles, and that mm -hmm. was really, really fantastic. That was fun. That was really fun. And I do like Daly's Place. The only drawback is if it starts to rain, you're going to get wet. Definitely yeah. no question there. But it is, it's really fun, and it is kind of fun. If you're driving on 95, you can actually see the lights from the concerts when they're going on. So that's kind of cool, too, because it's kind of an outdoor space. And it's right there next to the road. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the the overpass goes right next to it, and you can look down and look into the stadium. Yeah, but it is a really nice, a really nice concert space. 
And it was our daughter's first concert. Uh, she went and saw Sticks, and uh, you would think a six-turning seven-year-old wouldn't like Sticks, but she said yeah. it was fun and amazing, and we were so happy to take her there. So if you're heading down want to see some sports in the Jackson area, there you go. Um, number eight is going to be the Friendship Fountain. Now, this is kind of a historical place in Jacksonville. It's a landmark in Jacksonville. It is right next to the Museum of Science and History that we talked about before. So if you come out of the door of the Museum of Science and History, kind of turn to your right and follow towards the St. John's River, you'll see it right there. Um, cool fact about that, when it opened in 1965, it was the world's largest and tallest aqu- uh, uh, fountain, capable of spraying water 17,000 gallons a minute up to a height of 120 feet, which is kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah, I like the Friendship Fountain. The kids like to run around it. And it's a place that you can go out and you can see. And yeah, and they have picnic benches. You can bring a lunch. If you're going to go to Mosh and you don't want to go to one of the San Marco or downtown restaurants and you just want to bring a lunchbox and hang out, you can go sit by Friendship Fountain and have your lunch right there. And it's huge, so the kids just love to run around it, around and around and around until they're exhausted. And there's a ramp that goes up to the top. Now, it's not always open, but there is a ramp that goes up to the top. I didn't know that because I've never been open when I've been there. And you, yeah, yeah. And if you go there, on a, if your kids go there on a field trip down to the, the Museum of Science and History, um, they'll probably hang out somewhere near there, eat outside, have picnics, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's definitely a landmark in the Jacksonville area. Um, number nine is a Florida theater. Uh, I included this because it's another concert area, and you can see more concerts there. This is in the National Register of Historic Places. Um, Been around for a very, very long time. This is one of four remaining high-style movie palaces built in the state of Florida in the 1920s. So lots of history here. Been around for a long time. Um, More than 200 annual events from ballet to opera to pop to jazz to rock to country to blues to I've seen a magician there. We've seen concerts there. Um, so very, very cool place, um, and um, lots of history there as well. Uh, let's see, the last one I have on my list is the Jacksonville Beaches and Restaurants area. Um, guys, if you're coming to a peninsula and you don't go to a beach, if you're coming to Florida and you don't get your feet wet, you're kind of missing out on everything that we do here. Um, the beaches are amazing. We've had lots of good times at the beach. Yeah, I'm not much for swimming in in the beach at the beach, unfortunately. I don't. I'm not a big fan of it, but I do like the beach itself. We go out there all the time to see the sunrise and dig in the sand and put our toes in the water, and we do have a fantastic time doing that. I'm not a surfer. Um, it's definitely a place where it would be more ideal for surfers because it's much rougher surf than you would find like on the Gulf or somewhere. Um, we definitely see people out there with surfboards a lot of the time, um, but because I am not a surfer, I am not a big fan of swimming out there. I typically make my kids stay on the beach, mm-hmm. um, so that way I don't have to go in the water either. Now, there's there's lots of restaurants down there. We there are a lot of Crab Shack. fun restaurants down there, like really fun places, eclectic. Like we've been to some little hole in the wall places that turned out to be fantastic. I think that's a whole nother podcast, honestly. Yeah. Um, Beaches, but, restaurants, yeah, podcast. We'll do, we'll do that one coming up, guys. Definitely. And they do have some events out there at the beach. Um, you know, deck the chairs, which is mm-hmm. a Christmas event. They pull Absolutely. all the lifeguard chairs. They decorate them. Different businesses. Decorate a chair. You can go around. They have hot chocolate. That you can walk around and watch them. It's a free event. You just show up. You can go look at all the chairs, take pictures. A lot of them have a thing where you can get inside of it and take a picture or sit up on the chair. It's really fun. I know they do movies on the beach pavilion sometimes, Friday Mm -hmm. nights. 
So that's something really fun. So I do feel like they do a lot of really fun events out at the beach. There's definitely a couple of 5Ks uh, runs that they do yep, out there. Sure. They do a sandcastle contest. I know I, we've been to that before. So although I don't really go in the water, I fully enjoy the beach. I think it's a great environment. I think there's a lot of really fun, eclectic, unique stuff out there that you're not going to find anywhere else. And there's the band show down yep. there where you've seen music down there. Yep. Um, when we went down to Deck the Chairs, there was a pep rally for the Gator Bowl game. And I remember the University of Tennessee marching band was down there, and the University of, I want to say it was Indiana, if I remember correctly, marching band. You saw their buses down there. Everyone was all decked out in their team colors. Um, and you don't have to go on the water to enjoy the beach, right? No, I definitely agree that you don't need to go into the water to, to enjoy the beach. Um, you know, the kids like to splash in the in the waves and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you want to swim, that's fantastic. I'm just not a person that likes to swim in the water at at the beach on the Atlantic side. It's a little r- too rough for my taste, but uh, tons of people get out there and spend days upon days just in a beach house on Jack's Beach, going in the sand, going in the water, and sure. having a fantastic time. So it's definitely a really great way to spend a day, a weekend, a vacation, whatever pleases you because it's, it's a fun, fun place. And the brand new Margaritaville Hotel is down there. Yeah. Which, you know, I was, uh, if you guys follow me on Instagram, the Instagram.com forward slash Florida Fun Podcast, I did a walk around inside there and saw how beautiful that place is. Um, brand new hotel. It's only been open for like a year and some change, maybe not even a full year yet. Um, beautiful hotel right there on the water. When you look out those back windows, guys, you're looking at surf and it's right there and it's really amazing. Um the beach is definitely a family-friendly beach. Um, pets are allowed. There's lifeguards all over the place. If you're a little frightened being in the water, you're a little uncomfortable, I would definitely swim in front of a lifeguard. Um, they're not every five feet, but they are definitely down there. Um, Pet-friendly, we've seen dogs on the beach. Definitely. I think it's certain hours, though. I don't think they can be there all day. But I've definitely seen lots of dogs on the beach, and, of course, we have to stop and pet every single one. So I'm very aware of the dogs <laughs> on the beach because uh, we have a child that – will not let a dog go by without at oh, least no. asking if she can pet it. So there's definitely been dogs down at the beach. Um, but uh, a lot of people are out there early in the morning. Like, I like to go early in the morning because we can watch the sunrise. It's not as busy. It's not as hot. And a lot of people are out there looking for shark's teeth yep. and collecting yep. shells. So it's definitely a really fun way if you want to just get up really early in the morning and head out there one morning on the weekend and spend a couple of hours you can go out and really have a good time before things even really start getting going and people start setting up for the day because most of your sunrise people are going to come out and spend an hour or so and then leave so we have a really fun time doing that we do that on a pretty regular basis and like we said there's lots of restaurants there's shopping Mm -hmm. down there right there's um you know like we said there's the salt life there's mellow mushroom there's joe's crab shack so there's definitely places to eat down there and they're very beach friendly like if you walk in there in a bathing suit and flip-flops and, you know, you got sand on you. They're not going to freak out. They're not going to tell you to go away. They're, they're definitely welcoming the, the beach crowd. Um, there's lots of outdoor places that you can go. There's an ice cream shop down there. There's like a, a twisty a tree of kind of thing. There's yeah. a bunch of them down there. Um, it's also uh, down there is the nightlife of the beaches is very cool. So if you're a nighttime kind of person and you want to go down there, there's lots of bars. Uh, lots of the bars have live music. There's a whole area down there on 3rd Street. Uh, which has a lot of places uh, for locals. Lots of the college kids go down there. Um, so definitely a place that you can go down there and hang out. Um, not far. It goes all the way. I would say the Jacksonville Beach area goes from Atlantic Beach in the north to Jack's Beach in the center to Ponte Vedra down in the south. Now, Ponte Vedra is in St. John's County. 
So I would say that's not necessarily part of Jacksonville, but I would say that's definitely part of uh, the beaches area because you get books that run back and forth from the TPC and those big, beautiful houses down in Ponte Vedra. And, and you've seen some of those beautiful houses down there. Yeah, definitely. If you go down to Mickler's Landing, which is where we typically like to go to watch the sunrise in that area, you're definitely right down there in uh, that area where the fancy houses are, no question. And a lot of the Jags have lived down there, Brian DeMarco and, and Tony Baselli and um, you know, uh, a lot of the guys live down at Jack's Beach. So very, very cool. Okay, guys, so it is time for us to do our trivia answer. And my we, my wife, Bonnie, is going to read the trivia answer to you, and we're going to be able to find out who was right. So what would you guess, A, B, C, or D? Here we go. All right, I'm going to read the question again to remind you. The question is, when the town of Jacksonville was founded on June 15th, 1822, there were about how many people living in the city limits? A is 15, B is 50, C is 500, and D is 5,000. If you chose A, 15, you are correct. Awesome. So 1822, not a lot of folks were living in the Jacksonville area. Thank you, Bonnie. I appreciate that. Um, so we're going to call that an episode, guys, and we certainly appreciate you joining us, being here um, I want to tell you how to get a hold of us here at the Florida Fun Podcast. Definitely drop me an email anytime. I'd love to hear your suggestions of maybe an upcoming show, right? We're going to thinking about doing a show, the Jacksonville Beach Restaurants, because there's so many places to eat down there. Maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a live food tasting. Maybe we'll go somewhere. Maybe we'll do another one with the kids. Maybe we'll all sit around the microphone and talk to the kids about what they want to do, you know? So we'll do, who knows? Who knows what's coming up? Uh, give me an email anytime, guys. It is floridafunpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow me on Twitter. I am at floridafun6 on Twitter. And on Instagram, like I said, you can always uh, enjoy the Florida Fun Podcast live video series. Um, and we pop those up every once in a while. And that is instagram.com forward slash podcast. Guys, thank you very much. Bonnie, thank you very much for being here with me. You're welcome. I appreciate it. It's nice to have you on microphone. <laughs> I, I've been bothering her for a while to get her on microphone, and I'm glad she finally did. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Get out there. Have some Florida fun, and we'll see you out there. 